We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye, hitting you with a recap of the Nets win over the Hawks, 108-107, extending that win streak to 10. The Nets' longest win streak since 2006. We're going to jump into this game and plenty more. Make sure you check the Buzz on all streaming platforms. Also, give us a follow on Instagram at the Brooklyn Buzz Pod. But this game wasn't pretty, but the Nets found a way to get it done. You know, first quarter starts off with some lackadaisical effort, you know, similar to that Detroit and Toronto game of last week. Second quarter isn't pretty because Jacques Vaughn elects to go with a Patty Mills, Seth Curry, TJ Warren, Utah Watanabe, and Ben Simmons lineup. And those guys... Did did what they could, but Seth and Patty were just continued to get cooked by everyone on the Hawks roster. You know, even backup forwards, backup wings, whatever it was, they were finding a way to get shots in the paint and really generating good offense while preventing the Nets from really doing much of anything. And Patty ended up staying on the floor in that second quarter. Wasn't terrible next to the stars because obviously Kyrie and KD can generate a ton of wide open threes for almost any player. But that third quarter is really where this game changed, and it was the defensive intensity. The Nets won that third 27 to 17. You know, numerous block shots by Kevin Durant and Nick Claxton, and those guys really just turned it up and the rest of the team followed. Fourth quarter, the Nets seemed to pull away, but allowed the Hawks to kind of claw their way back into this one and even tie it late in this game and ended up missing a potential go-ahead bucket. And, you know, DeJounte Murray had uh, a prayer at the end of that the quarter to potentially win the game for the Hawks, but at the end of the day, you know the next Nets made a couple more plays, and that's what got them the win. You know they almost blew it in that second quarter with that six minute stretch of a bad lineup and allowing the Hawks to kind of get that lead up to fifteen, but. In that second half, they turned things up and they found a way to win. And they, and the coaching staff made the correct adjustments because we saw no Seth Curry or Patty Mills in that second half, and they elected to go with Edmund Sumner. And that's that's a, a good adjustment. You know, that's the accountability of the coach acknowledging that he did something wrong in Jock Vaughn and saying, "Hey, we can't roll with those guys." And it's not the first time we've seen you know Vaughn go with Seth in the first half and then not play him in the second half. And that kind of gives you. Some uh, thoughts about the trade deadline, which, you know, Jack and I will touch on another episode. But again, the Nets found a way to win. And when you're on a win streak of 10, everything isn't going to be pretty. And the Nets know that. And grinding out these games, even with the Hawks missing Trey Young, Clint Capella, DeAndre Hunter, and guys being a little banged up, the Nets ended up having a feisty opponent. You know, credit them for playing with a lot of energy and physicality and the young guys attacking a lot of the mismatches that were available, especially inside. 
The Nets didn't make things easy on themselves, but they found a way to win, and that's what's important. And they've done a great job of that over the last 15 games. 14-1 and one in their last 15. That only loss coming against the Boston Celtics in a game where the Nets were missing a couple guys. The same thing with Boston. And excited to see that rematch in January. But we'll, let's jump into some of the players in this one. I guess we'll kick things off with Kyrie Irving, who had another masterful fourth quarter. You know, Kyrie was scored 13 points quarters, one through three, but dropped 15 in the fourth quarter, including two ridiculous threes. You know, one step back fadeaway and one from the side logo. It just ridiculous, you know, and then he had the gather to go inside and finish the layup off the glass, hit a mid-range shot, just really fully in his bag. And you know, that's what you've come to expect for Kyrie Irving. You know, the Nets showcased a, a stat in this game. You know, Kyrie averages 8.8 points in the fourth. And it feels like at times he's reserving that energy to take over in the fourth quarter and really attack the defense and just hit some of these ridic- ridiculous shots. And you can see how good his conditioning is because he seems so unbothered by the defense at times. And he finished this one with 28 points, 11 of 22 from the field, 5 11 from three, 1 of 1 from the free throw line. Five rebounds, eight assists, only two turnovers, and just really a great offensive game from Kyrie, especially in that fourth quarter. You know, as I mentioned, one through three, necessarily not super involved and not taking a ton of shots, but in that fourth, he really took over and delivered for this team, especially when things got stagnant and he was out there alone without Kevin Durant. You know, when it was just, you know, Kyrie, Ben, and some of the role players, and that's where you really saw him shine, and that's where he continues to really step up for this team. I think if you wanted to, you know, identify a blemish for him, it would just be, you know, undersized, how undersized he is and how the Hawks were able to capitalize that in a couple possessions, you know, getting him sealed under the rim, be it um, a Kongu or John Collins. So just... That's just going to be an area where the Nets need to continue to be on top of things and almost be prepared to switch before the switch happens because you know a lot of great teams as the season progress and when we get into the postseason is going to be an area they really target. You know, at times they do a great job with the scram switching. Sometimes you see a guy a step late and that's the difference between having a seal in the paint or, you know, being outside of the block. But overall, like I said, you know, Kyrie's been awesome in this 10-game winning streak and, you know, continues to make you think about the Nets extending him during the season. I know a lot of fans want to see this, and at a certain point for Josiah, it's going to become, hey, you can't afford to lose a guy like this that's playing at this level. And yes, there's all the -the off-the-court stuff, but him on the floor with Kevin Durant and, you know, a good group of role players gives you confidence that this team can essentially be anybody, especially with the coaching of Jacques Vaughn. So we'll see what happens with that situation, obviously, Nothing on that right now, but things could change very quickly on that front. Moving over to the other superstar on the team, Kevin Durant, 26 points, 8 of 17 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3, 9 of 9 from the free throw line, 16 rebounds. I believe that's a Nets high for Kevin Durant, 8 assists, 2 blocks, 4 turnovers. You know, not necessarily the most efficient scoring game from Kevin Durant, and he would tell you the same thing. He missed a couple buckets in that first half where he just normally knocks them down. They're just bunnies for him, especially from the the short to mid-range shot. Um, Defensively, I thought he was great as a weak side rim protector and rebounder. There was a couple times on ball where he just wasn't as engaged as he's been over, you know, the last month or so. You know, be it on John Collins, be it on DeJounte Murray, kind of letting those guys get to their spots. And usually that's something that Kevin Durant's great at. You know, he has essentially, you know, an idea of what every single player in the league is trying to do and what their strengths are. You know, 
by far not a bad Kevin Durant game, just not to the highest tier in which we're usually seeing him play. But again, found other ways to have an impact. 16 rebounds, a lot of those contested in the paint with multiple bodies, went up and got them, and then also the eight assists. I think another note on the KD front, and this is something that's been frustrating for a while. You know, I think this is a little on KD, this is a little on the team, a little on the coaching staff. It's just the lack of preparation for Kevin Durant double teams. You know, at the end of this game, Two times we saw the double team cause an issue for the Nets. One where Katie was trapped right past the half court line and the Nets were forced to call a timeout. And then on the next possession, Katie is dribbling left and I believe it was Holiday comes from behind and pokes, tries to poke the ball out, forces KD to throw a hot pass to Kyrie in which he fumbles. DeJounte Murray gets the ball, loose ball foul, gets a free throw. And, you know, that's what really allowed the Hawks to get, get back in this game and have a real shot at the end, you know, because let's just say the Nets put up a shot, at least there's a potential of them going up four, going up five or whatever it is. So dealing with those things is going to be huge. And I think Kevin Durant after the game with the interview with Yes mentioned, you know, it's nice to have these games sometimes where you have to go to the wire because there's learning experiences like that. And hopefully that's an area where the Nets can identify, hey, we need guys flashing here. We need to have a rotation for ourselves offensively where to show so Kevin Durant has an outlet. And these traps are not a problem because when it comes to a great team, that that could be the difference. You know, the Nets could have easily lost this game and that would have been the possession you truly look at down the stretch in the fourth quarter. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. 
But moving over to Nick Claxton, uh, close to his hometown, Clax dropped 17 points, 8 of 9 from the field, 1 of 2 from the free throw line, 10 rebounds, and 6 blocks. You know, Clax was everywhere defensively in the paint, blocking it felt like at least everyone on the Hawks one time. You know, he just did a great job of, you know, finding his spots and also just timing the shots. You know, there was a goaltender there for Clax, but he's really starting to become an a huge impact player even when he doesn't block the shot because of the threat that he provides. And you see what he can do defensively on ball, you know, as a switch defender, did a great job. The only play is a negative that sticks out is Bogdanovich hit a contested three in his face, which is just a tough shot. And that's a guy known to hit tough shots. And offensively, Clax just did his thing. You know, I think he did hit a one tough contested layups, and he also had that reverse poster, which was just disgusting on John Collins. Kind of amazing. He didn't get an and one on that play, but Clax continues to do his thing and really be a defensive anchor for this team. You know, he was a big reason in that third quarter with Kevin Durant why the defense turned up. He was just all over the paint, shutting things down. And against a team like this, there was just plenty of opportunities for him to be a rim protector, and he did that. Uh, moving over to Royce O'Neal, finished with seven points, three of six from the field, one of four from three, four rebounds, one assist, three blocks, one turnover. Not necessarily Royce's best game, you know, especially in that first half. He did not much of anything. In the third quarter, you saw his defense pick up with the rest of the team, knock down a three. But his reluctancy and his hot and cold three-point shooting is going to continue to be a factor for him offensively. It's just going to be important for him to stay locked in defensively. And I've noticed an issue for him, and not saying this is on Royce, it could be on KD, it could be on Kyrie or whoever it is, there tends to be a miscommunication on some of these switches and two guys end up on ball and the roller ends up with a wide open dunk or layup in the paint. It's just those small things that the Nets kind of need to continue to clean up on and Royce, I'm sure, is going to grind and try to find a way because it, there's no doubt that he plays with great effort defensively. It's just sometimes the lateral quickness and the miscommunications. But overall, not a great game for him, but he did enough for the Nets to get a win. Moving over to TJ Warren, finished with two points in this game, uh, played 26 minutes, was 1 of 5 from the field, 0 of 1 from 3, two rebounds, one assist, did have two blocks, one turnover, finished minus 5, and I think that felt about right for TJ in this game, just not as impactful offensively, a lot of shots falling short, you know, maybe that's just kind of getting his legs under him, getting a feel. And also, as I mentioned earlier, the Hawks played with great physicality in this game, really bumping bodies. And, you know, TJ still getting back in that full groove of the NBA season. And I think also, as I've mentioned on previous pods, I think the Nets could do a better job of, you know, setting a play up for him once in a while or forcing him to get a touch, especially during that stretch early in the second quarter with the Seth Curry, Patty Mills lineup, it just felt like it was just Ben was consistently feeding Seth and Patty and TJ was not getting an opportunity to cook. And I think in a lineup like that, you could look to force some actions that get TJ a switch onto a guard and allow him to work in the post or the mid range and really get to his spots. Dropping over to Ben Simmons, finished with 10 points in this game, 5 of 10 from the field, 0 of 2 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, did have 2 turnovers. Ben looked to be very aggressive early in this game and in the first half. Second half, not as much impact. Did only play, you know, just under 25 minutes in this one. So this might have just been one of those games. Matchup wasn't necessarily ideal or, you know, Vaughn just like the way Clax was playing. And I think 
there's definitely an argument for that. But at the same time, you'd love to see you know Ben out there, especially with the Hawks having a lot of opportunities in the paint and beating a lot of guys off the dribble. But you know, progress made in terms of the scoring department for Ben in this game, just being a little bit more aggressive than what we've seen in the past. Not as impactful rebounding or passing the ball. I think some of that's just Kyrie and Katie had more touches in the way the Hawks are playing defense in this one. But also, you know, Ben's on-ball defense continues to improve and he continues to be a disruptor and a problem for other teams. You know, his physicality is just kind of riding on guys throughout the contest. And I think that's an underrated factor and something that this Nets team hasn't necessarily had over the last couple seasons. But Good progress for Ben. Moving over to Edmund Sumner. Did not play in the first half. Played in the second half. Just a quick four minutes, but finished 0 of 1. Did have one rebound, one assist, but was plus six in that time. And Sumner's the guy that we wanted to see on the floor over Patty and Seth in that second quarter. You know, be it Patty, be it Seth, whoever it is, you want to pair one of those guys with an athletic guard that plays with great effort in defense. And Sumner is that guy. And obviously, Three-point shooting is not there for him, but he finds other ways to have an impact with his slashing and his hustle play out there. So Sumner's going to be a guy that I continue to want to see over Patty and Seth unless there's a matchup that makes it ideal for those other two to play. But moving over to Seth Curry. Played just over six minutes, minus 12, felt exactly like that. Finished with two points, one of four from the field, oh, one from three, one assist. And I think an issue that we're seeing with Seth Curry, too, is in some of these lineups without Kyrie, KD, is there's just too much ask for him to create for himself. And I just don't think that's a skill of his game, especially this season where he looks even a step maybe slower with that ankle injury. You know, he's an uh, elite jump shooter, you know, and he can come off screens and knock down some shots. But asking him to create for himself and put himself in these positions is just tough. And I think... You know, against bad, bad teams, it might work. But in a lot of these situations, you might be asking too much on a regular basis. There's going to be games where he gets hot. You know, we've seen him drop 20. We've seen him drop 30. But every single night, he's not a guy that can really create for himself. And as I mentioned earlier, defensively, it's rough out there. You know, him and Patty are, I think, clearly the two worst defenders on the team. And some of that's not even necessarily effort related. Some of that's just lack of physical tools and size. But moving over to Patty Mills, finished with just under 12 minutes, did have 12 points, 3 of 3 from the field, 3 of 3 from 3, 3 of 3 from the free throw line, and had one rebound and one turnover. Now, Patty also was terrible defensively and was instantly hunted by the Hawks when he was out there. Uh, the only difference between him and Seth tonight was Patty knocked down his shots. And that does obviously help lessen the the negative effect of his defense, but at the same time, You've been playing such great great defense and having a great system. You know, having to hide a guy like that is tough. You know, even Kyrie at times, he's small. He's going to get sealed. He's going to get pushed under the rim. But his activity is higher. He's a better athlete, and he has better hands than both those guys. And his offense clearly outweighs his defense. And Patty Mills and Seth Curry, you cannot say the same thing. But finally, moving over to Utah, Watanabe finished with four points, two of six in the field, 0 of two from three, three rebounds. Overall, I thought this was maybe one of Utah's worst games as a net. I think defensively, he got beat up a couple times, was late on a few rotations. I would not be surprised if that hamstring is still lingering a bit. And also, we had the weird Utah you know, dribble handoff, shoot a mid-range pull-up on the baseline. And that's just something that, unless the shot clock is at you know three, it's not something I want to see unless the score is, you know, plus 30 for the Nets. That's not something I want to see. So not Utah's best game. This is really a game that came down to, you know, Nick Claxton, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving playing really, really well. 
and that carried the team. And even Kevin Durant didn't have his overall best game of the season, but he was great on the boards in other areas. So those three, specifically Kyrie in the fourth and Clax defensively with that shot blocking and finishing inside was the difference in this one. And that third quarter too, the defense of the entire unit just really picked up. And just touching on some final stats, as we mentioned, this was a, a 15-point comeback for the Nets. They lost the points in the paint battle 60 to 50. Second chance points went in favor to the Nets 10 to 9. Fast break points 14 to 9 in favor of the Hawks. The Hawks only had three turnovers in this game, which is surprising given Trey Young didn't play. You think the Nets would be able to force a couple more steals here and there and get a couple more transition opportunities. And as well, the Nets finally cooled down from three, only shooting 38% from deep in this one. And it wasn't because of shot generation. I think this was a game in which they generated a lot of good looks from three. You know, we mentioned Royce O'Neal 104, Kevin Durant 104, uh, Seth Curry 0 of 1, TJ Warren 0 of 1, Utah 0 of 2, you know, 10 of 26 on a lot of good looks, but also still not really generating as many threes as they typically do. I think their average is around 30. So something to keep an eye on. Even passing the ball today was not not the best. 22 assists, and that's a number we've seen, you know, essentially a lot of plus 25 during this win streak. So not 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 the style in which the Nets have won over the course of the last 10 games, but having other ways to win and grinding out wins, you know, be it a good team, a bad team, whatever it is, that's the stuff that's going to help you in the standings as the Nets continue to fight with the Bucks and the Celtics for that number one seed. But as always, big thanks everybody for listening. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms.